Hey everyone, it's Heather. I'm so excited about our new resource for single women, Authentically You. One of the most challenging parts of life is navigating relationships. This can be especially true for women who have been tainted by negative sexual experiences and mistakes from their past, or when the struggle with porn and masturbation takes hold and won't let go. This leaves them feeling distant from God, separated by the weight of shame and regret. If this is you, you're not alone. Authentically You was written specifically for single and college-aged women, those who are on the working career path and those who are in college. This 20-lesson curriculum is easily adaptable to a busy work schedule or a college semester system. Through this group experience, you'll explore how your past pain and trauma contribute to distorted beliefs and an unhealthy thought life. You'll uncover the role your family of origin plays in your past and current behaviors and address the issues that perpetuate compulsive and addictive patterns. And through the use of weekly exercises, strategic tools, and self-care focus, you'll learn how to live in health, how to live as your true, authentic self. I know God has a plan for your life to bring you to a place of health and wholeness. If you allow it, God will do amazing things in you and through you. So pre-order today, Authentically You. Go to puredesire.org A-Y. That's puredesire.org A-Y. You're listening to the Pure Desire Podcast, your safe place to find hope, healing, and freedom from sexual addiction, betrayal, and relationship issues. Hello, hello. I am your host, Trevor Windsor, and you are listening to episode 145 of the Pure Desire Podcast. Here joining me, as always, my co-host, Nick Stumbo. We're going on a trip on our favorite rocket ship, going through <laughs> the skies. <laughs> Nope. No, no, you're not going there. I, I honestly don't know the words to that song. I know that it's. Is it not Magic School Bus? No, is that, that's. What uh, is it? It, it warms my heart to think that there may be thousands of people around the country that just now, like as they heard this in their car, are singing <laughs> Little Einstein. Oh, okay, there you and go. And then they're going to be cursing right. me as that song is stuck in their head the rest of the day and so. sending me an email for not knowing what that was from. So yeah, that's well, great. You'll, you'll get there. Okay. A couple more years. Although I'd that say Brady's true. probably in, he's getting into the prime Little Einsteins. So let's category. let's just talk about it. So right now he definitely likes Paw Patrol. We're watching uh, Spider Man and Friends shorts, uh, little like three minute episodes on Disney Plus. But he's like Clifford, Pete the Cat, Little Daniel Einstein's Tiger. It's actually got educational stuff in it. It's always about an artist, a composer. Got it. Got it. It's okay. Good times. And All then right. the song can be stuck in your head too. <laughs> For that reason and that reason alone, we are moving on. <laughs> uh, we have a Stories of Healing uh, episode today. We're back. We haven't done one of these in a while. We have Dan and Jen Howie on. But before we jump in and talk about today's episode, a couple things. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, don't wait any longer. You can do it and find us on all the major platforms. And look, if you give us a review, a uh, number of things happen. One, it encourages us and definitely helps us as we continue to minister to people. But then also, it helps other people find the podcast. And also, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're at Pure Desire PDMI. And if you like video content, you can get some of these episodes on YouTube. Just search Pure Desire Ministries. Okay, so we had Dan and Jen Howie. Dan is our online groups administrator, and Jen is an executive assistant. So both now on staff. They were uh, RGAs, regional group advisors, for a long time as well. And uh, we just sat down with them and had them share their story. Yeah, great to have another Stories of Healing podcast, and we've done a number of those now. And, you know, I think everyone will quickly pick up on that Dan and Jen are just real. They're honest. Mm-hmm. Um, they they talk about both the pain and the victories, and uh, you can tell in their, they're joking with one another that that they've arrived at a good place in their marriage. Not not to say arrival like now they're done, but yep. but that they're not where they were. And, and that story, I think, comes across loud and clear of mm-hmm. what was and what happened along the way and, and what they're working through now. So... Um, I hope for listeners, even those that aren't married, that they'll they'll really catch in this pieces of their story that apply to you. Because I think, as Dan talks about his struggle, as Jen talks about being hurt, you know, whether you're single, married, divorced, or everything else, there's pieces of that story we can all relate to. And I think um, yeah. I think people will really be encouraged by this. And they're hilarious. So yeah. it is quite an enjoyable episode. So enjoy it. Dan and Jen, welcome back. We're glad to have you. Are you? 
<laughs> I okay. So uh, I again, one of the times where I wish people saw what happened at the table before the pre episode today yeah. was priceless. The really oh cool. my gosh! Right. So uh, I'm just we again, are glad you're here. Though. We're glad okay, you're here. Yes, you. you're good looking people, and we're excited to hear your story. <laughs> All about the color. <laughs> um, okay, so today uh, we've had you guys on the podcast a couple times already. Um, and we even said the first episode we have you, we will do a stories of healing episode with you guys. So here we so are, here we are. Right. coming in in the clutch. Yes. So uh, let's just jump in right away. Let's do this. Okay. So Dan and Jen, in most relationships, you know, there tends to be a honeymoon period in this area where, you know, the, the couple isn't really aware maybe of what is happening or what the other person is struggling with. And then eventually things start to come to light. So tell us a little bit about when did you guys realize this was an issue in your marriage and you needed to do something about it? Uh, an issue in our marriage? Well, so we get the questions ahead of time. So I didn't... Spoiler alert. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I prepared. Um, I thought about when did I first realize there was a, there was an issue and I... what. It, came down to me was I realized a long, 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 long time ago there was an issue. I really wasn't willing to deal with it. Right. And that's maybe for, why I ask it that way. Like, yeah. I'm guessing you knew you had an issue for a long time, yeah. but like, yeah, what surfaced yeah. it for you? Well, yeah. So um, the surfacing was when I was just forced. So I got found out for the last time for to, to to get me to take a step different, mm -hmm. um, December eleventh, two thousand twelve. Day that will live in infamy. <laughs> it, right. it was, Seriously, uh, yeah. There's nothing quite like sitting next to the Christmas tree having a discussion about uh, why you've had uh, online affairs and mm. um, all the things that you denied in years past. Because you know, you get found out and about all sorts of things and and I was good at denying it she probably wasn't as good at believing it but I denied it to the point where you know she she dropped it at least mm -hmm. so um for me I was tired I'd spent years mm. in addiction yeah and uh the energy it took to keep it up was overwhelming and then mm. I was you know, there was kind of this undeniable evidence as my wife called a number that had popped up on my phone. Mm. And when another woman answered it, that was kind of it. There was mm. kind of like no denying it at yeah. that point. And I didn't have the energy to try to fight it. So I'm just like, well, here we go. Uh, what I had been assuming would happen for a long time was she would find out, because now I'm in so deep that there's really no redeeming this. So Let's just move forward. We'll have this horrible discussion, and then we can move our separate ways as you are, um, Jen, not willing to put up with what you shouldn't have to put up with. Yeah. And I'll get what I deserve. Yeah. So but how long have you guys been married at this point? Uh, seven years. Five. Okay. Five years. Five years. Five mm -hmm. years. Let's five not years. make this a thing. We're okay. Six years. We'll Somewhere the in there. <laughs> Six. Yeah. Somewhere in the five to seven years. I say, year five, I say gotcha. five years because it was at the five year mark that my first husband had cheated on me. Hmm. So for me, it's not just the date that lives in infamy, but that five year mark yeah. in marriage right. that is kind of branded on me for sure. as Here well. Here we go again. For sure. Yeah. 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 So much to my surprise and kind of, I don't know if I was disappointed, but she didn't like just walk away. Hmm. Now I had to like deal with it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like I expected her to be like, yep, that's it. Right. I'm out. See ya. Right. Yeah. You're a total, you know, expletive, your expletive yeah, word here totally. and walk away. Done. Oh, I totally okay. believe that. All right. Yeah. There was totally that word. But, yeah. um, but she was, she, she didn't walk away. And I still had the enough pleasing and uh, a pleasing uh, behavior, behavior yeah. that I'm like, I guess I'll just do what's asked of me. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I ended. Mm. That's how I ended up here. I, I didn't want to come. Um, yeah. I didn't, I just, it, I had to because I was found out and she didn't leave. 
Yeah. Yeah. So here what a we gift, are. though, having to face it rather than just ignore Absolutely. it and move on. And Absolutely. The easy way out would have been. Yeah. So what was that like for you, Jen, as you discover this and choose to face mm-hmm. it? Tell us a little bit of your side. Well, I knew that there had been a an issue when we were dating, but he would tell me just enough of the truth that it would get me just to move on mm-hmm. and kind of forget it. And I had this mentality that um, that all men struggle with porn. Um, he was single. Um, but when we get married, this issue will go away. You yep. know, kind of your yep. typical story that you hear yeah. a lot of women kind of talk about. Um, and then it was throughout that five-year period that um, leading up to that date that there would be little s- signs and symbols. But at this point, I'm in, I'm invested. And um, when I um, pressed redial on that phone that night, um, I had been long suspicious of behavior and um, I had already been in a habit of checking emails, checking text messages, yeah. um, looking at mileage on the car, some very hypervigilant activity um, that was very unhealthy. Um, and so when this night came, it was actually quite a relief because finally for the first time, you know. I, yeah, I, yeah, there was no gaslighting taking place. He literally just put it all out there and put more out there than I realized that he was even involved in. And right. through this process, staggered disclosure took place. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I felt like it was the very beginning of something rather than yeah. the end of something. So yeah. here he thinks it's all going to end. I'm like, well, finally, I have the truth. Finally, I have something right. concrete. I'm not just imagining these right. things. So, so it's the beginning for you and you felt like it was going to be the end. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, nothing ever, nothing good ever happened when exposure you, when you yeah. get exposed for yeah. anything he hadn't tried that yet though so yeah. be, he hadn't experienced something good happening from the truth because he hadn't right. been living in truth yeah so so you find out right we yeah. get all this this is out in the open now and i think that especially in that like hyper vigilance mm-hmm. it's like okay here's what we're going to do you're going to do this 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 and this yes what were those things what were the attempts that you saw he needed to make in order to get healthy oh um Oh, that's actually a tougher question to answer than I realized. Um, first thing I we said, I said, go go to your counselor. Counselor says, hey, I can help you with A, B, and C, but if you want to get a handle on the sex addiction stuff, go, go to Pure Desire. Okay. And so, the counselor, the counselor did mention Pure Desire. He did. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And he sent us, we went to a local church that was involved in Pure Desire, and that's mm-hmm. how we got involved with it. Um, what... What was required for me to stay was someone who was willing to just be a part of the process to keep doing the next thing. And um, one thing that Pure Desire, Pure Desire promotes is to not make major decisions in that first year. Yeah. And that was kind of, um, I guess, sort of that feminism aspect is dump dump is t- dump them, right? <laughs> yeah. dump them, move on. You're powerful. You're all these things, and. Um, but being in this program, it allowed me and gave me permission to not yeah. do that, to yeah. just be where I was. And so yeah. for the first year, I didn't make any major decisions. As long as he was um, walking through the process and surrendering to the process, um, that was the, re- the requirement for me staying. And that was really the only requirement for me at that point. Mm. It was yeah. very simple. Yeah. So how about for you, Dan? What were some of the attempts that you had made either at this time or even prior to this time that had never worked out in terms of making change? This is my favorite question because... You're welcome. Yeah, thanks, guys. Good question. (laughs) Because here's the answers that always stick out to me is the guys who say, oh, I tried a thousand times, a million times, and I just wasn't able to, or... uh, The the other one is um, I just didn't grow up with it being, you know, it was accepted. It was Mm -hmm. fine. For me, uh, it was not okay, but I didn't want to stop. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. there was no, there was no desire. I never tried to stop. Right, not once. Um, you just got really good at hiding it, right? Yeah, there, yeah. there's really only uh, there was two things I would just uh, hide and ma- and manage, mm-hmm. manage an image, manage right. relationships as yep. best I could, yep. um, because. I didn't want to give it up. I just didn't know life without it. Yeah. And um, so there was no, I didn't try until pure desire. So, and then it wasn't even about trying to stop. I'm like, I just do the next thing they say. Yeah. Cause I'm kind of, 
Yeah. I don't know what else to do. Um, well, part of we'll what, see how it goes. Part of what you've shared with me is um, in the Genesis process, we learn about survival lies and projected lies. And, um, you know, one of the survival lies he, he had growing up was don't don't share the bad stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or or I'm 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 a bad person. And if I share the bad stuff, that will certainly right. help me. Yep. And then yep. he also learned through other relationships through um, the projected lie was you're bad. Um, you always screw up. You're never going to be enough. So he part of, <laughs> part of why I thought I would be the answer to all of his problems <laughs> was because he shared with me that he had this other relationship where um, what was spoken to him was that he was just going to fail no matter what. So yeah. his mentality was, well, screw it. Why not? I'm just, yeah. if I'm going to be accused of these things, yeah. I'm just going to go out and do them. Yeah. So I thought, yeah. well, I won't accuse him of these things <laughs> and I'll be this perfect wife. And um, all my problems will be solved. Right. Right. I won't have to deal with me anymore. Yeah. 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 Totally. But I didn't, I mean, it was, I just didn't trust anyone. There's no, yeah. there was no basis for me to believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Words are meaningless, as you know. That's been a crux in our marriage, the not trusting. Yeah. Where I feel like you betrayed my trust. Yes. And yet. But I demand your trust. Right. Yet I feel like I'm totally trustworthy. But you're not. But you won't. <laughs> but, but I am. But yeah, I yeah. don't know about that. Yeah. I feel so. like Jerry Springer is going to walk out here in just a second. <laughs> it's going to be had more your exciting. First <laughs> podcast fight. Uh, <laughs> that, I mean, We're probably on not on the air. Flip yeah. The tables here so <laughs> that night, you guys are sitting by the Christmas tree. Truth is coming out that you've never had come out before. Mm-hmm. And rather than walking away, Jen stays. Yeah. And so you engage in kind of this new process. What were some of the initial hurdles that you guys had to face to really start pursuing health for, you know, for yourselves as individuals, but health in your marriage as well? For me, it was, it was juggling two realities. Hmm. So I had this reality of where I was successful in my business. Um, I was raising my kids. Um, You know, I had my friends, my church, my community, but then I had this horrible reality that was on my shoulders all the time. And um, because of how my first marriage ended, I felt a really big need to just protect this one and not out Dan. And mm-hmm. so- um, Good call. So, <laughs> um, too late. <laughs> but anyways, I, I just, I felt juggling the two realities. How, how, how was this really great guy doing the things that he was doing? And, and his addiction was quite deep. There were, there were, uh, there was a lot of infidelity hmm. and um, in many spectrums of it. And it just, how do I manage this reality with living the, this basically two different lives? And so for me, that was the, that was the toughest thing. And there was no, there was just no escaping it. It was constantly mm-hmm. there. Right. There was, and this, there was the unfairness of it all. It just hit this unfairness button in my right. life. I'm like, I, I was saying earlier today that he went all Shane Stant on my life with his addiction, and all I could do was resonate <laughs> with um, Nancy Kerrigan and lay on the hard, cold ice of my life <laughs> crying out, why, why? <laughs> and I just, you know, he had taken me out of the knee and my life. I was, I was, I was just devastated, but I had to keep up hmm. the image that I was yeah. okay. I felt like I had to keep it up for my kids right. and for everyone around yep. me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The whole yep. fake it till you make it thing just it can only last so long. So yeah. that was probably my biggest hurdle. Relapse was a huge hurdle. Um, one thing I learned through the process that if you know if you're not moving forward, um, there you know relapse is an indicator that you have been moving forward. Essentially, you know that there's there's nothing to relapse from if you haven't had some sobriety. So that kind of helped me a little bit. That he's that um, perspective. Yeah. Yeah, it was still hard though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, totally. But to to get to that point is what I'm saying. Yeah. Is, you know, you realize that that is fruit of some health. Yes. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And then last, it's hard I think, to get there. I think feeling crazy. I really, I mm. thought there was a couple of times that I I wondered if I was truly potentially certifiable. <laughs> I was just, and I think maybe the jury's still out on that. I was um, going to say, I'm, I know, no, his- no, I'm not. No, I think you're great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but what I realized in that process wasn't so much that I was going crazy, but what I was experiencing was PTSD. And um, yeah. so, so thank God for counseling. 
and um, mm-hmm. De- uh, Harry and Debbie were just amazing walking me through that and helping me realize that this isn't Jen going off the deep end. This is Jen and trauma. And, um, but that's okay. You're, you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, those were the hurdles that were big for me. For me, and you, you said it, I mean, the, the entire uh, benefit for my addiction was to avoid reality. Yeah. Um, so the hurdle was to to experience to reality. It. Yeah. To, it's a scary yeah. Thing yeah. Because honestly, I did. I don't think I believed I could live without it. I. It was never that clear in that it, you know all those years that I felt like I couldn't live without it. It was just something you did, and mm-hmm. you know, just something you. It's just part of your life, and um, so. That was by far the biggest hurdle was, what do I do without it? Or mm-hmm. why, why can't this have a place in my life? Um, uh, what do I do without it? So starting to feel and then not replacing it with another coping yeah. mechanism. Um, yeah, which is so simple oh, and easy. Really, yeah, really. Right. Yeah. Thank God I'm not a workaholic. Yeah. Because um, I didn't have that one to check off. So. Yeah, I shouldn't say that here. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that okay. was a smart thing. Remind to say. me. It's okay. Yeah, yeah you're not in my department. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I mean, so you you basically get to the point where you start to see the hurdles, or you're facing those hurdles. Finally, you're starting to try to get over them. Um, but then there there tends to be this moment or a, a string of moments where it's like, ah, oh, it all makes sense now, and it clicks. What was that for both of you guys? Well, that's two parts for me. Like intellectually. We went to, uh, so I got involved uh, with a Seven Pillars group, and uh, there was a PDMU like three or four months later. So Ted came in with his fire hose of brain science and just like was like straight up fire like, hose, yeah, like yeah. against the wall, trying to <laughs> shield <laughs> myself, trying to peel you off. Yeah, right? it yeah. was it was brutal. Oh, and by the way, fun fact: the guy who referred me to Pure Desire was uh, at the same PDMU, mm. and we have to do these group exercises, and he, and he was in our group. So our counselor was, I have no no idea why that's important to me, but it is. Mm. Um, anyway, so that, that experience of going through that just kind of made everything click, like, oh, there's a reason mm. why I'm mm-hmm. addicted. Yeah. I, and yeah. I just kind of understood the brain science. Um, but... The other component is, well, for me, knowledge has always been great because yeah. I can put it in a box and place yep. it where I want to and pull it out when I need to it and put it away when I don't. There is, and we talk about this scientific component in Pure Desire a lot, mm-hmm. but there is also this spiritual, emotional component. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's really what clicked for me because it was February 14th, 2014, we had been in counseling with Harry and Debbie, uh, and we actually were at their house. They invited us. Our counselors invited us to their house for a session, and we sat uh, in their living room and did our counseling sort of, kind of, but it really became, for me, Harry goes, have you ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit? I'm like, I'm a Baptist dude. I don't do those sort of yeah, things. Right. That is for baptisms right. yeah. and weddings. That's the times you speak yeah. about the Holy Spirit. And um, by that time, I had had enough work that uh, I was kind of ready for it. And I mean, we did the prayer, and it was great. And he fell on the ground and I started speaking ground. in tongues. Yeah, foaming, it was great. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> didn't foam a lot, but you know, um, <laughs> oh my gosh, we'll also be releasing footage of that experience later exactly. today. Uh, it's grainy, but yeah, you can make it out. Yeah, sure. Um, but anyway, that was a huge stepping stone for me because yes. uh, you know God started to become more real in a mm-hmm. different way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my image of God was pretty distant, yeah. and it's still something I you know struggle with today, mm-hmm. but. But it is, um, that was a key, that was a huge, huge moment for me. Yeah, there was definitely a paradigm shift in you yeah. at that time. There was something notably different yeah. in you. And we'd been in counseling almost a year, yeah. actually, at, the, at that point mm-hmm. when, when that took place. So the healing process was, we were quite a ways into it mm. when this took mm. place. But 
it did take place. Yeah. That's what's yeah. important. That is important. Well, and, and I would say that is something in both my own experience and in talking to lots and lots of other couples, there tend to be those what I would call spiritual breakthroughs. And mm-hmm. whether it's a, a baptism in the spirit or just a new sense of God's nearness or um, an, an aha moment where God just reveals something in a new way, I, I think that's a pretty reliable part of our journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also interesting because we can't really predict it or explain how it'll happen. But my encouragement for others listening to just say, be aware that this isn't just stopping a behavior, learning the information, yeah. that there are kind of some deep soul level breakthroughs of just mm-hmm. maybe understanding what the what a core lie is that you've listened to and where it came. It's like when some of those moments come that just so clearly feel like they're from God, uh, I, I think it is a significant building stone in our recovery. So just to be looking and watching for that, that it's its just not getting head knowledge, but something on an emotional, spiritual level that creates that breakthrough. Right. So as you guys kind of got going into healing and we're you know, seeing some traction, what were the, the tools or strategies uh, for recovery and sobriety that really meant the most to you guys? What was, what was helping you? Well, initially, like most people, getting into group mm-hmm. was th- the thing. Yeah. Um, Two, for two reasons. One, uh, I was having to, first of all, admit that I had a problem, um, and I was breaking some isolation. Mm. I'd gone to like AA, you know, before, and it was, you go to a group, but you're, you're not required to, to do anything. You can show up, you can say something, you don't have to say anything, and um, here, this was different. You know, there, there's actual work to do. Mm-hmm. I'm being asked to say something. Um, I'm being asked to respond to others. Um, we're a group of guys going through something. So that, that changed for me because I've never, I'd never had, shouldn't say I'd never had, very few relationships were beyond, yeah. you know, very, very surfacey stuff. So that was huge. Um, in that, I learned, well, our counselor, Harry, and, uh, and Debbie had said, you're every day, no, there's no neutral days. You're moving mm-hmm. towards yeah. health or you're Good. moving towards relapse. So the other thing that was a major help for me was I, I started doing a faster scale every day because two things. One, I have zero, at this point, understanding of my emotions. Um, so that's probably a good thing to start mm understanding totally. and it filled time that was otherwise um filled with idle uh, yeah, yeah idle time totally. which definitely was an, an acting out you know times when i would act out mm. so so that was huge just doing something every day so that i was moving towards health yeah. uh, wasn't perfect but yeah. um and the other thing was we mentioned counseling was enormous for us it, it truly took our uh marriage to the next level, to a, to a level. Um, so yeah. I can't speak highly enough about mm. um, the counsel that we received mm. and the way it was done. I mean, yeah. I've been to counseling before. I have a degree in counsel in uh, psychology, and this was like nothing I'd ever experienced. Yeah. So it was relational. It was relational, yeah. right? There wasn't this power differential like yeah. I. My counselor's here and I'm down here and they're oh, telling cool. me. They've got to, a notepad and said, tell me right, more about it. Right. Yeah. 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 So, and I think that's the um, the model that Pure Desire endorses. And it's, man, it's it was life changing for me. Um, and then finally, just after all that, you, you still have the um, opportunity, or I had the opportunity to just immerse myself with like minded individuals. Um, now I'm, now I have people who are, have more experience than me and less, Mm. but we're all moving towards the same thing. So those are the people I spent my time with. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to hang out with people. Those are the people I want. I can be real with them. Mm -hmm. Um, We can have real conversations. So so that's really important to me. That's good stuff, Dan. Thank you. (laughs) Remember that. All right, let's take a quick break and here's some info about our sponsor this month. 
All right, today's sponsor is Covenant Eyes. Covenant Eyes has been helping people overcome pornography's powerful grips for 20 years and plus. It's world-class accountability software and it, it has insightful educational resources. They've got great PDFs. Uh, I, just, I enjoy their website. Uh, their more recent videos have also been awesome ways to definitely diminish shame. And just last year, Covenant Eyes released its new revolutionary screen accountability software and filtering solution. This uses powerful, really, artificial intelligence technology, and honestly, it's kind of scary how awesome it is. Yeah, patented AI technology because it's it's so good. Yeah, uh, very early on in my recovery, Covenant Eyes was a, a huge key because it was a safe, secure place that I could reach out to and start to get help and have that uh, monitoring software on everything I used. And I think it's just an essential tool to have in your recovery kit. And what's more is it's it's really been proven. I mean, they've got the research and the data to show that people who use Covenant Eyes and their software uh, will experience a significant break from pornography and, and reestablish integrity in their lives. So breaking out of that shame cycle of porn and having the sexual integrity that you always wanted is, it's so valuable. And I think Covenant Eyes can be a vital partner for anyone looking to do that. And Covenant Eyes and us here at Pure Desire have been partnering for some time now, and we're thankful to fight the battle for sexual integrity together. Regardless of if you're in group or not, accountability software is an essential tool for sobriety and health. Covenant Eyes right now is offering a deal for you. It's a free 30-day trial of Covenant Eyes if you use the promo code PUREDESIRE, one word, PUREDESIRE at checkout. So go to www.covenanteyes.com and grab that first month free. Okay, so as we, you know, you guys have talked about it's relational, which I think is so important. I think that that's something that you've touched on even in community. That's really important that you have people who understand the experience. They're not just teaching you about it, but also Mm -hmm. know it and have lived it out. Um, And then also having that information and how helpful that is. So those seem to be some elements, but what are some other key elements you guys have seen in your own uh, healing, both from the addiction and from the betrayal? Any healing at all over there? <laughs> any, any at all? Go Just ahead. Just a little bit. Okay. I think for me, one of the hardest things was um, being willing to consider that his pain was just as legitimate as mine. <laughs> um, there was an element of, okay, I didn't speak it, but I definitely thought it. Verbally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't speak it verbally. I'm sure I communicated. Um, Face, posture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. got it. Well, I just... When there's been betrayal and you've got a spouse that feels nothing Mm -hmm. and says nothing and is aware of what appears to be nothing in his life, it's really maddening. And I wanted him to feel something. And I felt, again, going back to the unfairness thing, like, it's so unfair that I'm feeling all these horrible things and you don't appear to be feeling anything. So there was such an... um, and just just there for me. What's can I just interrupt? What's fascinating no. about that? Okay. All right. Okay, go ahead. Please, Dan. Fascinating continue. about that is in those moments, I am kind of a freezer go numb out of the fight flight freeze. But there's also all these feelings that I had that I was unable to verbalize and share. Yeah. Just because of two things. One, I don't know that I'm not familiar how to do it. And then second of all, I am terrified of the response I will get from them. Because so. you're a nine on the Enneagram and you don't want to <laughs> disrupt the that piece. Up today. <laughs> <laughs> but interesting. So, yeah. But I, th- I just think that's because there's so many things I wanted to say. Right. But I'd, as soon as they, they came into my mind, they were gone and, and I wasn't sure how to say it. Yeah. There was this moment was um, where in my hypervigilance, I had looked at um, some of his work. And I just want to say, ladies, if you are listening I do not recommend looking at your husband's workbook. He's in process, and that process needs to take place as you are processing your own thing. You will damage your marriage, and you will wholeheartedly damage your own heart if you're looking at your husband's um, homework. Um, I, I have so many regrets behind that, so I preface that with what I'm about to say. Um, but there was this moment where I had um, read something and I was so angry. I wanted him to feel something. 
that I um, I called him into the room and oh, this is so manipulative of me. I called him, Dan. <laughs> yes, and he walks into the room and I think I would. I may have been bringing you a cup of coffee uh, maybe, that I prepared maybe. for you. Right. Just maybe. Right. All good and acts I of had, service. I had start with my, a cup of coffee. <laughs> the book was open, and I had my wedding ring placed in it. And mm. I was communicating to him that, well, plenty of things in that moment, and he did nothing. He stood there blank-faced, no emotion. Like, And I start to – this is where I start to get in touch with my anger. I'm, I'm like, I'm telling you I'm leaving. And you're, show, you're not fighting for it. You're not feeling anything. You're not doing anything in this okay. moment. And so um, going back to what I said in the beginning, being able to, being willing to consider that his pain was just as legitimate as mine was a huge catalyst to change for me. Mm. Um, and now I can start to see when he freezes, I can actually see his eyes darting back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, because I know that something is going yeah. on in Motor's his going. mind. Yeah. yeah, and I but I couldn't see that before. Mm. I couldn't because all I could see was my own pain, and and I I wanted his responses to, um, to be a direct reflection of what I was feeling, and mm. I couldn't make that happen. So for me, being willing to consider that there was a lot of pain going on in his life, despite the pain that he was causing me, mm. was a huge catalyst to change, for me, which pushed me into my own healing process through mm. Trail and Beyond, of course. Yeah, yeah. That, um, that moment, you know, you were talking about how there was no emotion. The emotion or the the message. There was so much emotion. There was. Yeah. Uh, the message was away. actually was, this is what I expected all along. I get it. I mean, it was delayed, yeah. but there is a breaking point for every relationship yeah. in which I am so flawed that... No one wants to be with me. Now I'm in my comfortable zone. If mm. anything, that was the comfortable zone. I'm it. like, oh, yeah. the world is right again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Dan gosh. is so big sad. enough. Well, and again, yeah. I just want to point out that what you guys are describing, I think, is so common in relationships that the one who's been hurt can feel like I'm the only one who has a right to feel hurt. Mm -hmm. It's all about my needs and mm -hmm. emotions now because of what you've done to me. And and the other person can feel this that regret of like yeah I'm the jerk and I've now I have no right to feelings or desires or needs or wants and right. and really while there's some truth behind those feelings neither of those are healthy responses mm -hmm. that we've got to come to a place in relationships where where it is okay to recognize that I've been hurt but I'm also still aware that they have needs too and mm -hmm. for the other person to be able to recognize I I'm aware I have hurt them deeply but I still have things I need to be able to express. Yeah. And that doesn't make me selfish again. So yeah. that's, I think, why you're describing group is so significant yes. and important because yes. without those relationships in our life to help process that, it's mm -hmm. really, really hard to see. Yeah. And I think couples get, get stuck in that where the one who's trying to recover from an addiction gets lost in their kind of penance-paying yeah. mode yes. or mindset yeah. that they don't figure out how but to be a healthy justified. person. it was justified. I didn't... Right. I thought... I thought it was justified. This was mm -hmm. happening to me. Right. And what I what I failed to realize was just because it was placed in my lap didn't um, remove me from the responsibility of dealing what was placed in my lap. Yeah. And I had a responsibility of how I was going to respond to him and how I was going to respond to others. I had a responsibility on changing the narrative that was running through yeah. my head, but I didn't get there right away. It took yeah, me some and, time. And this is where if we quit... At that point, yeah. I mean, that would have been the end, but yes. that's the the testament of, you know, you keep going. Mm -hmm. yeah. You don't just pack it in or you don't just stop because right. it would have been really easy. I was, you know, if you just said, and that is, that's it, curtain, scene. Yeah. I'm so loving this moment. I have, I'm <laughs> falling in love with you all over again. Seriously. This has the, been just a roller coaster of an is, episode. It is, it is. But I'm just going to say the most amazing thing. I'm going to say it without tears. No, I'm not. Doubtful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, but to be in this moment with you, Dan, to share this, to be here, to be in this office, to mm -hmm. be doing this podcast, mm -hmm. this is such sweet redemption. This mm -hmm. is such a, mm -hmm. <clears throat> I know we try to never do the whole, we made a baby kind of moment, mm -hmm. but I'm having one of those moments right now <laughs> doing this with you because, awesome. because you're right. This is, this is what sticking with it looks like. Yeah. This is what sticking with mm -hmm. it can produce with yep. the help of God. And, so 
Yes, so, we did a baby. So good. <laughs> We're going to turn the cameras away now as they start to back. make out. Well, that was yeah. a, a perfect segue <laughs> so good. to so where good. we're going next. That th- this, is, this whole journey is so personal and private, yes. and mm-hmm. it's filled with messy stuff that we'd rather not talk about. And I think a lot of people can feel like we're just going to get better and move on and never tell a mm-hmm. soul. Mm-hmm. And so what helped you guys get to that point of starting to share your story? Because I know that even prior to today's podcast, that's been something you've been doing now for the last few years is using your story to help mm-hmm. others. So mm-hmm. what what gave you the courage or helped you step into that, your story yep. being something you could share with others? Yeah, well, obviously for, for me, my background uh, and my background, hearing other men and women share their story, like we can talk about this, or there's something as bad or in my mind worse that someone's dealt with and gotten through or dealing with, um, that's encouraging. I think we went to, they called it Hope Night at this place. Uh, at, at, yeah. Did that, yeah. So they would bring in, I don't know, once every, I don't know. Once a year. Once a year. They would get some couples who had been in the process long enough and then invite everybody in and we would sit around and, and there would be a panel. And mm-hmm. one, one couple had been in group for a while, but they were going through a rough patch mm. at that time. And they you could tell when them standing next to each other, it was a rough patch, but they were there. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it was like, oh, it's it's, it's not real. all it's roses. Raw. Yeah. Okay, cool. You know I can how, relate to you. Absolutely. Yeah, you look like me. Right. You know how like in yeah. church they bring up the drug addict and Jesus saved my yeah. my life yep. and got me off of drugs. But there's never this in-between moment where yeah. it's like you are or you aren't yeah 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 it's like and then you're good and you're set free and then everything's good and yeah um we're watching these people who are like yep and we're still working it and um so listening to people be real and talk about it uh was obviously for me one of the biggest um, mm-hmm. biggest things the second thing for me was reframing um addiction as a personal failing of my character yes. to just a really really unhealthy response to mm-hmm. the pain and trauma that I yeah. hadn't dealt with. Yeah. And I created some beliefs and things like that. And I'm like, oh, it's not just me being built wrong. Right. It's not. Because you can't change that. Right. Right. Yeah. I cannot change who I am. And if who I am is this addicted yeah. person who is helpless to, to be a good person and a good husband, um, that, you know, that made a huge difference. I'm just, I'm just coping with crap. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I, I I would actually echo a lot of what you just said. Removing the shame um, from from it being the identity of ourselves and of our marriage, mm-hmm. um, it becomes hard not to share. Like mm-hmm. once that shame yeah. is removed, absolutely, and you don't wear that. Oh, I'm going to go tell everyone. I used to look at porn, but now I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So, not like that? Was that not what you guys um, well, do? Well, no, actually, what, like... what, what went through my head was this woman we'd met at church that told us she used to wear a T-shirt that said former masturbator on it. And oh, so that wow. that was... We didn't do that. Yeah, that's... No, yeah. no, and she used to wear it to church, yeah. and it was, it was... I digress from that. Yep, yep, that's a lot. Yep. So anyway, my point is, is that when we remove the shame, we can use words like masturbation and addiction right. and mm-hmm. um, yep. all the things that go along in the realm of sex addiction, without any shame. Mm -hmm. We can talk about these subjects without any shame. And then once you've had some healing under your belt, Mm -hmm. holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, try to keep us quiet. Yeah. It just can't happen. Yeah. And don't stop doing it. I mean, like, be proactive. Mm -hmm. Be be ready to share. Well, and I feel like that's what happens, too. The more that you share, you see that positive response, and it almost to reuse the word, you almost get addicted to sharing your story and seeing someone, the lights turn on yeah, and something sure. click and it's like, oh, yes, yeah. like uh, this is why I share my story so this person can understand that yeah. this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty cool. So uh, you guys have talked a lot about really throughout this episode so far how your marriage has changed. I'm interested, like your relationships with other couples, with people at church, your relationships with your kids, your family, how have those changed since you guys have found freedom? They haven't. Just kidding. <laughs> that's great. And that's today's you. episode. Yeah. We'll see you next yeah. week. Yeah. Um, it, it's changed 
everything. I think once you start to understand uh, the dance steps that, that got you to where you were mm. um, and you understand a different way of, of moving through relationships and communicating through relationships, it can't help but change everything. Um, the way our relationship with our kids has totally shifted. Mm-hmm. They're adults, and they um, and it is, continues to shift. Um, one of our kids this week just said, "You guys are my go-to people." That's There's cool. no way that we yeah. would have been our, our son's go-to people hmm. if we had not been through this process. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, wow! So true. And yep. um, and at 25 years old, that's you know that's a cool thing to, to yeah. hear. You it's know, huge. But what? Tell the other story about them going through. What a Noah marriage said. Group, yeah. So this is a good. One. I had um, we had asked our my my son and daughter in law how things were going. They were explaining this class that they had been through, and I, um, they were a little frustrated with the content of it. I'm so sorry, you guys. I'm outing you right now, but they were frustrated with the content of this marriage class. So and critical. I, how dare you? I'm just kidding. And I asked, <laughs> and I asked, said, "Well, why is that?" And 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 Noah says, "Well, because we have you as parents. Mm. Look what you guys have." taught us and they the way they operate and the way they talk mm-hmm. and the way they process has completely shifted in the last seven years mm-hmm. that now when they get into material that's not deep and getting to the roots of stuff they yeah. get they it's not as yeah um satisfying you mm-hmm. know what i mean yep. and 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 yep. because they are who they are they have found a lot of fruit in and and just looking at the material for what it is but they also find um a lot of value in the depth. And that's only in seven years, you guys. Mm. Our kids were practically grown at the time. Yeah. And totally. and right. and I was really angry yeah. that it took so, you know, I'm like, well, why didn't you save us sooner, Lord, so that we could have right. we could have blessed our kids and we could have but God is so faithful. Yes. And it he, didn't take long. It I didn't mean, take yeah. long. He should God shifted everything. And and yeah. and we have you know, we've got five kids and the each and every relationship is changing very subtly mm-hmm. and in very beautiful ways. Yeah. So um, I didn't really fully answer the question and how, but it uh, is changing. No, it told, it, you did answer the question. I think this is really important that people who are listening to this right now understand that once your kids are grown, it's not like the relationship is over right. and you mm-hmm. no longer are yeah. teaching them or shaping yeah. them or helping them. Mm-hmm. It maybe changes the dynamic. They're not in your house. They're getting married. They've got their own families, mm-hmm. but you guys are a testament that that can still happen. It Absolutely. Can. Absolutely. Yeah, I was... Like, I wish we could have a do-over. And then just a couple years in, you know, things just changed. It was hmm. nothing I expected. It was better than a do-over. Yeah. It was a redo. Yeah. It was a redo. And we <laughs> and with friends, I mean, it was... It was good. It was good. Yeah. Friends, friends on the other hand, you know, you you come out of a um, a pretty rough time. And, you know, for us, we had to kind of reboot redo our mm-hmm. uh, the way we yeah. the way we lived and that meant pulling back a lot we we lived in busyness kept kept ourselves busy mm-hmm. um and that was really where our relationship sat with a lot of people uh, we had lots of uh, acquaintances and, and people we'd call friends but we didn't know their stuff they certainly didn't know our stuff at least the stuff we didn't want them to know um now, our friendships are deep. Like, we don't sit around and talk about, we might talk about the weather, but, you know, more often than not, we're talking about, oh my, you know, the, my kid's doing this, and what do I do, and how do I, how do I stay a good parent? I mean, it's just a right. completely different, yeah. you know, conversation, and, yeah. and it's hard to be in a relationship with someone who's not at that level anymore. Yeah. You forget that your normal is still yeah. abnormal. <laughs> yeah, it's yes. true. I mean, so true. My yes. wife yeah. and I will just be, you know, in the kitchen talking about something and you'll be, well, I wonder what their trauma story is. And they're yeah. probably <laughs> reacting. I thought they had a very strict father. And, well, yeah. from what I know, yeah. and you're just like yeah. analyzing through the lens totally. of your yeah. group experience. Yeah. And it's just because you just see how everything is connected yeah. and you're not just willing to stay on the surface mm-hmm. because yeah. you don't really feel like you know someone if you don't yeah. kind of know some of their story too. And so we're... We're so excited to have you guys, you know, on the team and sharing yes. your story and, and continuing to be people that learn and grow and, and see what God is doing in your life. And so for people that are listening today and maybe they're in a similar place, you know, they're experiencing a lot of joy and fruit and victory, or maybe they're 
at the very beginning. You know, maybe they're listening today looking for hope because they're just starting this process. What kind of uh, encouragement or challenge or just thoughts would you like to, to leave folks with today? I'll go first because she's going to have better words to say. She's a good cheerleader. Thanks, Dan. Actually, you were a cheerleader. Okay, we're not going there. Different focus, episode. Focus, <laughs> focus. Oh my gosh. I just am trying to think through my head the description I'm going to have to write later for this episode. <laughs> All the different topics we hit on. Okay, please answer the question. Anyway, Dan. number one, and I can only speak for myself because this was so encouraging for me is I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. There's actually uh, people here who understand mm -hmm. and actually support me and my wife and our marriage and our family through this process. I don't have to figure it all out and do it alone. So um, that led me to the second thing was, and it took me a while to figure this out, is it's actually possible. You know, mm -hmm. for, for a long time, yeah. I was just like, okay, so we'll just see. what it is. Yep, I'll do this little lesson and uh, make my little calls. I like to use the word little, apparently. <laughs> but... Uh, but I just kind of went through it and then and I realized, well, this is actually, this works. It's possible to yeah. do this. And um, the other thing that's encouraging that I really wish I could get across is um, healing is going to be way better and way different from what you think. Like if you come in with the pornography addiction and you go, if I could just get rid of that, things would be better. You're right, and you, and you can probably do that, but pure desire helps in so many other ways. My mm -hmm. life and relationships yes. changed so drastically in ways I, I couldn't even fathom. Mm. Um, mm. I just, God was like, I'm waiting for this to happen, and then this whole world opens up that mm -hmm. you don't even know about. Yep. And yeah. I've been trying to tell you about it, but you, you're not there. Yeah. And, and so um, your life and... Uh, your your whole life is going to change in ways you couldn't expect. That's, That's all cool. I'm going to say because I mean, that, that was, was cool. good. That was good. That yeah, was good. I'm, let's cut. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a word of encouragement um, to my sisters out there, it would it would be that you can do this. Um, there's going to be a day when you no longer cry in the shower so that people don't hear you, hmm. and there's going to be a day when you don't have to look at his text messages or check the mileage on the car or his homework or whatever mm. so that you feel like you know your current reality because you feel like there's no other way to know other than having to find out the answers yourselves. And there's going to be a day when you laugh again. Mm. And when you laugh with him again, that mm. is such a magical moment, mm -hmm. but that day is coming. There's a day um, when your sex life is going to be better mm and more amazing in ways that you really don't expect it to be. Um, and there's going to be a day where you're going to be able to high-five your spouse and say, we did it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, awesome. There is going to be a day that that happens. Um, and that's what healing looks like. It's a surrendering to that process, mm. knowing that people have gone before you and they've had success. Yeah. And with the hope, help of of the Holy Spirit, you too can have that same success in, in your own marriage and inside of yourself, knowing no matter what happens, it's going to be good. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, and that's what Pure Desire has done for us and um, continues to do for us. Um, it's still a process, always in process. Yeah. But yeah. that day's awesome. coming. It's coming. Yeah. yeah. So encouraging to know that people like you have walked this road and many others. And I, I know your story is going to encourage a lot of people. So thanks, you guys, for being who you are and for uh, being faithful to share your story and let God use it. Thank you. Thanks. And wherever you're at on your journey, just know that Pure Desire is here to help create that roadmap for your healing. If you or someone you know is looking for help, go to puredesire.org and you can start your healing journey today. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, do it. It's free. Share it with your friends and family. And if you write a review, it helps us as well. And lastly, never stop being healthy. Here's what's coming up next week on the Pure Desire Podcast. Every woman that takes a breath. This is going to be one of our best resources that we've ever put out. They're wanting to be married. They're wanting to be sexual. And they're saying, what does this even look like? Is it even okay to have these discussions? I think that's one of the things that's interesting about 
women who struggle is that we don't take good care of ourselves. Right. We, we are the last person, and sometimes we are taking care of everybody else, but we're the last person that we take care of. And that, I think, is my favorite part about these resources.